live from the heart of Los Angeles, it's the at-home edition of the Life Changes Show. With tonight's guest, organizing and productivity specialist, Regina Lark. And musical guest, Emily Glazner. I am Mark Lejeur, and now our host, the MC, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. I have been thinking a lot about tonight's show. One can almost say I've been thinking about it all my life. Uh, in the sense that growing up as a kid, I always wanted to write certain things certain And I watched uh, and listened to the adults and how they talked to with each other, treated each other. And it's interesting that uh, I, I used to raise my voice sometimes and share what I thought. Why, why are we talking to women this way or why are we talking to my mother this way? Or, uh, it, and I, I was told that I would learn as I grew up uh, and that and that my place wasn't to speak up. And sometimes I would be beat for it. Well, it's interesting. I did learn more as I grew up. And I aligned more with the way I was thinking as a child. And interestingly enough, uh, I have lived long enough and looked and heard and listened long enough that I have come to uh, be justified in my thinking. And then finally, I see someone write a book about this and I think, yes, go, Dr. Lark. And so this weekend I had the pleasure of this almost coming full circle, just as we were getting ready for this show, that I got to celebrate with my mom and a couple of her friends her 88th birthday. And uh, when her and a friend in particular, who's also 88, were together talking, and I happened to be standing nearby, one of them confided in the other, saying, I'm really tired, you know, I'm really tired. And she said, it's been a life. And she says, you know, I, I, I've never been able to say this. And for example, my husband would come home after working and say, where is dinner? And then he'd sit and watch TV and he would tell me how hard his day was. And if I tried to tell him how hard mine was, he would get upset at me and say, that's not work. You should try and do what I do. And she says, I feel like nobody heard me. Well, somewhere, somehow, Dr. Regina Clark heard her and so many other women's, or maybe she felt it herself or both or all of that. And uh, so she's, we're, can't wait to have that conversation with her about her book, Emotional Labor, Why a Woman's Work is Never Done and What to Do About It. And then a little later on in the show, we'll have our Ask Dorothy segment and our musical segment with Emily Glazner, all on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition, right after this. Have you felt inspired to meditate, but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety, but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. 
All five beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Five beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi Meditation. Phi Meditation helps you harness the power of I am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi Beads at PhiBeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, Beads.com. You are listening to The Life Changes Show, live from Vortex Dome, L.A., on the BBS Radio Network, with your host, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. You can hear tonight's show and all our past shows on our archive page at LifeChangesShow.com, which include luminaries such as comedian Michael Collier, actress Gabriella Wright, performing artist James Hood, and author Ken Honda. Email your comments and questions to info at LifeChangesNetwork.com or AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. You can also comment via Twitter at LifeChangesShow and Facebook at The Life Changes Show. I am Filippo Voltaggio, your host online with her co-host and producer, Mark Lejeure. Looking forward to tonight's conversation. I think it's a really important one, and I think Dr. Lark has so much to offer our listeners. Absolutely. Uh, this episode features uh, author, ADHD specialist, certified professional organizer in chronic disorganization, certified senior move manager, Dr. Regina F. Lark, CPO. Welcome, Regina, to the Life Changes Show. Thank you so much. I've just I'm sitting here with this big grin on my face, listening, <laughs> uh, having listened to the ad for the. It's like, oh, there there's products being sold on a network that is trying to uh, help listeners create calm uh, out of chaos. It was just it was just so. <laughs> well, actually, ironically, I, I, it's, it's where I want to start. I know where we're getting. We're getting to the book Emotional Labor uh, and this very important subject. Uh, subject. But speaking of creating calm out of chaos, you create uh, clarity, clear, a clear space, clear paths. So, and you've coined CPO. I wanted to know. Tell uh, me about CPO, if you would, real quick. Well, a, a CPO is the uh, designation. It's the acronym for Certified Professional Organizer. Nice. And I know. When I got into this, into the biz 13 years ago, I, I looked around like, okay, how do you credential yourself? Because I had, I'm a, I'm, I like acquiring credentials. <laughs> so uh, I earned that. And then other designations to allow me to feel a greater self sense of confidence to work with folks with brain-based conditions, because mm. uh, which, which which really, you know, can very easily lead us into the conversation about mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because in order to do the work, in order you know, in order to have a tidy household, one needs a a functioning executive function, not a vagina, right? So it's like. <laughs> you know, so a lot of our clients with brain-based conditions that impact the executive function, prefrontal cortex, that gray matter part of our brain, uh, 
they often have um, clutter because of the, the the ways in which our our emotional management and our time management and our the linear processing planning sequencing if you are if you are feel that you have ADHD like behaviors or executive function dysfunction or depression or anxiety or all kinds of things can tweak or compromise the executive function, then you're going to, by the very nature of what the executive function does for us on task, on time, you may experience clutter and chaos anyway. Mm. 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 I know. Well, actually, so uh, on our way to emotional labor and what that is and all in the book, it, it, did, did you come to this... Uh, mm. Uh, well, maybe a lot of different ways, but I'm wondering if in working with couples potentially, w- w- might you hear, well, she did this, she was the one supposed to, this is all her fault that we have all this clutter, blah, blah, blah. Did you end up hearing that a lot, I'm guessing? Sure. Um, yeah, a lot. And and uh, I, I have been doing this for 13 years and over this period of time, I get calls from uh, husbands that are just, you know, she doesn't know how to do this. And I always say, is it all of her responsibility? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I and I talk to my colleagues about this. It's, is it up to is it our role to to accept the status quo and help our clients who are predominantly women to to. Uh, you know, deal better with emotional labor or are we there to help them disrupt the narrative? Mm, Okay. It's so, so here I am, I'm here are the types of situations that I am in early on as an organizer. So think of me coming out of higher education. I had been uh, a director at UCLA. I taught women's studies and and history courses and uh, my PhD reflects my education and everything was everything I studied was women, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> 20 times fast. And, mm-hmm. and um, so everything I studied was women. And now I am uh, being a professional organizer and I've kind of had a complete change in my professional life. And I'm sitting on the floor with women going through their stuff, pulling out boxes of trauma under the bed. Oh. And, uh, and and then and then hearing about how terribly difficult it is for them to maintain a tidy home and they are seeing it as a reflection on who they are as wives and mothers. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, huh? <laughs> mm. Mm. He's like, what? Where where's the other adult in the household? What what's happening? And mm. and, and so. Wow. What happens is I bring my historian hat on the floor with Sylvia, and I said, "Look, this, <laughs> yeah, you feel this way, but but this is something much much bigger than you." And we mm. talked about the ways in which the tasks of the household. Seriously, I am giving a women's history one hundred and one on the floor of Sylvia's bedroom. Uh, how 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 this came to be, and and you know. Tracing back to comments of, by Aristotle and Plato and then and, and Thomas Jefferson and then this idea of the Republican motherhood, you know, the, the founders of the country are saying, oh, we're going to make great leaders. Where are our great leaders going to come from? And the great leaders are going to come from a well-ordered home. Who's responsible for that well-ordered home? And it was as, as if the weight of the republic is on the shoulders of, of the middle class housewives 
but the but it's also translated into on the shoulders of all women because whether you are middle class or upper class or or working class or enslaved there are these beliefs and understandings about what becomes known as women's role women's work so class status mattered not and 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 what we what we see is the creation of a particular narrative when you really just look at it on the face of it the mm. only time you actually need a female born female in 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 this idea of the work is uh giving birth and and breastfeeding other than that all the jobs are up for grabs <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what what are some of these uh phrases uh that that whether it's Aristotle or Thomas Jefferson what what are some of these phrases that we we take for granted or have taken for granted as a culture or civilization since then evidently. Well, a man can work from sun to sun but a woman's work is never done. And and I I I, uh, I brought in a really wonderful uh, collaborator on this book, Judith Kohlberg. And Judith one day said, "What is women's work, and why is it never done?" <laughs> like, wow, good questions. And uh, great, it's, it's it's this what it it's what what everybody is talking about when it comes to women's work is the um, and why it's never done is this idea of what what is called emotional labor and emotional labor that that term starts uh you know hits our lexicon in the mid 1980s when sociologist Arlie Hochschild wrote a book uh looking at uh the weight of emotional labor on flight attendants and food servers and 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 it's oh. that, the things that you have to do the things that you do to earn better better wages you know what you have to do to earn better wages to keep the customer satisfied and all these things that are not in a, you know the 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 list of which is not in the job written job description mm-hmm. the job description may say play nice but that doesn't include the myriad ways we're expected to play nice and so now this idea of emotional labor has morphed into what's happening in the paid workforce in general and and also in the household running a household requires the same type of of skills that it does to run a corporation mm. but the skills in the c suite have great value and are recognized and are evaluated right? <laughs> employee evaluation i mean they're rewarded mhm mhm to keep that train running and humming well the same train that we walk out of our door our front door it's 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 the management of the household it it doesn't require any less skills financial management management and acumen uh emotional and sustainability and and what happens in the household is that because what happens in what what um historians of women's history call the private sphere you know during the period of industrialization we see the the separation of the sphere the spheres public and private private is the world of of um peace and comfort 
and 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 togetherness. Uh, the woman was the angel in the house, and the public sphere is the rough and tumble word, world of commerce and industry. And and so the keeper of the moral flame, as as mom was called, <laughs> you know that's 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 the locus of of um, family life. And while we have this rhetoric of it's it's the sanctity and it's and it's we glorify motherhood and and all of this, it's a tremendous amount of work. You know this the this colloquia the labor of love. You know it's like. Come on, it's it's labor, and 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 it it's never parsed out. It's it, we rarely parse it out, and and so what happens uh, across cultures, universally, say the words women's women's work, and everybody knows what you're talking about. Say men's work, and it's doctor, lawyer. Stevador, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's police. I mean, it's endless. So we have to look at what's happening in the household as as work, and and how to help how to help the adults in the household create a more equitable division of labor. Um, in the book, you also get into getting the children involved as well, and I, I think that's a, a really good point. It almost seems as if uh, it, it, you, you took me back in history, and since you know the history, you could tell me uh, what I'm thinking, because I, I just you inspired this thought about how when women were needed in the workforce or allowed or whatever it was that was happening then, and you can tell me, but that that they didn't just take on a, a job, they took on another job, but didn't let go of the first one. Sure. Uh, as I have rolled along in my study, um, <laughs> in my study of women's history, there were these light bulb moments. And so when I think about uh, the end of world, you know, the beginning of World War One, and and this the dynamic in in the paid corporate workforce was uh, um, between a boss and his subordinate was that a father son, and there was that that mm. you know I'll help you I'll help you get to the top, and I'll, I'll you know I'll show you how I did it, son, and let's do this, and then World War One begins, and all these guys leave the paid workforce and know that I'm speaking in very generalized terms. Uh, paid the workforce and women just clamor to these positions and they they do well and um, but you're right they are now doing the double day <laughs> mm. and that hasn't actually changed and and now there's a triple day involved because of this concept of emotional labor but one of the things that really struck me so long ago I can't believe it when I look at uh, the pay, the traditional paid workforce, the traditional corporate workplace is a nine to five. You know, there's a there's a movie about it, nine to five. <laughs> and and K twelve elem K through twelve uh, education, the hours are eight to three. <laughs> right, right. And and, and I, 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 it just it's mind boggling, <laughs> you know, because. The primary yeah. caretakers of the home are female, and and they are they make up the the, the majority of the service sector in in the in the corporate sector, right? Service, 
and and the workplace time time has never accommodated the school place schedule. And that to me has a, that's that's like one of those things where I walk around just shaking my head, going how 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 has that been able to to be withstood? The other thing I've noticed is that when COVID hit, I know you want to talk about kids, and I will. Yeah. This is a good segue because when COVID hit, um, as one of my heroes in in the work of emotional labor, uh, Reshma Reshma Sojani, she said, "No one asked us if it was okay that the schools closed. Mm. The schools closed, and kids were home, and the expectation now that the female adult in the household." is now going to be taking on all of the emotional labor when it comes to setting up the network and you know, making sure passwords are available, making sure there's bandwidth, uh, getting your child to be able to sit there um, in, in unnatural. It, it's unnatural for all of this to happen. And, right, you know, right. And when COVID hit and the family came home, for for a long, long while, for good, it seemed, I wondered if the invisible part of emotional labor, which is the planning and anticipating and the um, thinking about and um, uh, um, creating a sequence of events for grocery shopping and trips to the vet and school supplies and, you know, all of the things that have to happen to keep a household running. I wondered if all of those tasks, both visible and invisible, um, would become big and visible and glaring when COVID hit and that everybody in the household saw what mom does. Mm. And and it didn't happen that way. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Uh, So so it's been it's it's been a slog for a lot of women. Yes. Get children involved right away. But you have to. I really encourage um, family meetings, helping um, everybody in the household understand everything that's going on. I, I encourage couples. Um, and again, we, we live in such a, a, a fluid culture and, and there's not always a binary in the household. And I know that we there are family groups and there are uh, there are all, there are all manner of people living in one household, and and it's up to the adults in the household to begin these conversations. If one if one person let's 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 call her mom. If one person feels that there's there's so much weight on her shoulders when it comes to everything that has to be remembered and everything that's going on, and and I was listening to you talk about your time with your mom this weekend and her friends and how tired she was, you know, and, and her husband had your mom's friend's husband. I don't know if it was your grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. Your, yeah. Mom's dad, friend's husband. Right. right. Had, had said that, you know, try my day. Yeah. And, and, you know, the reason why this was set up as woman's work is because it's hard. <laughs> Nobody wants to do it. So, you know, let's, you should try her day. <laughs> Let's uplift and elevate. It's a labor of love, you know, and 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 it's sold that way, right? It's if you look at any kind of television and advertising, it's 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 interesting through my eyes watching ads change and how I, I can't get into advertising right now, but mm. um, 
and and how and how we see more more men doing um, uh, household work, although it's mostly men of color that are participating in chores. It's from what I've seen, which I find interesting. Um, well, so you, you know. When when we come back at two things, the first thing is you, uh, I don't remember if it was during your book signing that I had the pleasure of being at, or uh, I I know it's in the book, but there are different places where it is, where you had like a, a, a long list, but if you could give a short list of things that people wouldn't normally think of that just has to get done. At one point you said that the the ketchup has to be replaced. And I'm like, yeah, I've been in households where there's major drama when there's like, what? No ketchup. Why'd you make hamburgers? How am I supposed to eat a hamburger? You know, those kinds of things. Uh, Whose job is that? So if you could give a a list of some of the things that people don't normally think about that, that are happening in the household uh, uh, when they're not around or, or when they don't think about it. And then, and then of course, Back to the book, Emotional Labor, Why a Woman's Work is Never Done, and the part I'd love to talk a little bit about in the short time we have remaining, and what to do about it. You've already addressed that. Uh, Of course, uh, those of you who are interested in learning more, the book is Emotional Labor, Why a Woman's Work is Never Done, and What to Do About It. Regina F. Clark, PhD, CPO, with Judith Kohlberg. It's available where books are sold. Uh, We also have a link to Emotional Labor on our website, uh, I, I think it goes to Regina's website, and then she's got a couple other books you might want to learn about. But you can learn all about her at aclearpath.net. She's also on Instagram as Regina Lark, L-A-R-K. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more with her when we come back here. Later on, uh, we have our Ask Dorothy segment. And then our musical guest. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, and group, and good music, Emily Glazner. Uh, you'll see why I said that when we come back. All on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes show, is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. You are listening to the Life Changes Show, live from Vortex Dome LA, with your host, Filippo Voltaggio. You can visit us online at lifechangesshow.com, via Twitter Life Changes Show and Facebook at the Life Changes Show.
We are back. I am Filippo Voltaggio, and we are online with our guest, who's an author, an ADHD specialist, a certified professional organizer in chronic disorganization, and certified senior move manager. As you uh, get it, it's all about clearing paths, and we're going to be clearing a path to uh, this uh, long-standing emotional labor problem, why a woman's work is never done and what to do about it, Dr. Regina F. Clark, CPO. So, Regina, what are some of the things that people wouldn't think about that's included in this, quote-unquote, known as woman's work no longer? Uh, great question, because we are, we, a lot of people have the holidays descending upon them. <laughs> and I, I and it, it's planning, processing, sourcing, connecting. It's, it's remembering what goes into the famous recipes, remembering who eats what. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. going to fit your your child that may have gained a couple of pounds during COVID? I mean, it is endless. The, the lists that are going on in the heads of women right now are endless. And what can be ordered? And, and not to mention the anxiety mm. that people are feeling about the um, about uh, shipping containers in the ocean. Mm. That notwithstanding, and so if shipping containers are stuck in the ocean. What what do you have to do to make to to get the gift that is going to be opened on the holiday? And so it's managing the emotions of everybody around you during this time when when uh, Hallmark has all kinds of ways of telling us how we ought to be. (laughs) So it's like there's so much weight. I felt the globe get a little heavier uh, Mm. this week. but we're we're entering into that season where where the work is plentiful and it has everything to do with how how your executive function is is working for you because there's a lot of planning and processing and anticipating and timing and staying emotionally managed this is this is the time of year for that to really kick in if you got it you know mm. um mm. Yes. And so what to do about it? The book is full of what to do about it. Uh, One of them is dialogue. You actually give dialogue to help people talk through certain things in ways they've never even thought to have a conversation about, much less know how to have it. Yeah. One, um, I, I I feel that a lot of people have been, been uh, arguing about this at home for a long time. And as I hear a lot of women say, you just got to pick your battles. So I think starting out a relationship, learning how to dialogue is, is like probably the best gift you can give each other. Um, if you're in the thick of it and it's been and it's been challenging to talk about it, one 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 way to to look at this from from the 2,000 foot, 30,000 foot view is for each adult in the household, wife and husband, to go into a separate room and just make a list of everything they do. Don't hold back. Just write it all down. What do you think you do that contributes to the household? However you want to add to that conversation, here's what I do that contributes to the household. And then and then exchange lists and read and then talk. And, and, and then see what 
if, if the burden feels too much for all of these things that she's doing, what, 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 what can he do to get it off the plate? What can they do to decide this doesn't work for us at all? So let's just, let's just take this task out. Not the marriage, <laughs> you know, what, what is, <laughs> among these tasks, what, what really can we just get, get, get out of our lives? You know, it's like looking at all the work that's happening and, and doing it respectfully, doing it with, um, you know, unfortunately I, I hear way too many times that, uh, I've, I've heard wives bear all this is, this is how I'm feeling. This is what, what I'm doing. And I, and I'm there watching listening to her tell him how bad this is. And then I'll ask him, like, so how do you feel? Like, oh, that doesn't bother me. And I, and she's just like, I'm, I'm, I just can't do it all. I can't do it all. And he goes, well, the, the, the crap on the dining room table doesn't bother me. And I'll, I'll look at him and I go, how come her pain is not your pain? Hmm. Well, <laughs> it's killing her, you know, hmm. what, what is that? So, so it's, it's a lot of work to get to equity. For sure, we see that historically just in in everyday life. So getting to getting to equity in the household is is going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of courage. Um, but but I think with conversation and dialogue, a good mental health professional, you know, listening to podcasts such as yours, this idea of you know being open to life changes. Mm-hmm. To be open to what's possible out there, you know. Well, Regina, I never done anything like this on the show, but it just came to me might be fun if <laughs> you and I played out with you being you on page thirty-one of your book, and <laughs> let's let hear people hear a dialogue. Let's let people hear a dialogue that you so All eloquently right, right. right? You know what I'm talking. The kin work dialogue. Not even going to look at it. You you, uh, <laughs> you haven't memorized. No, no, no. I'm just going to do this uh, fresh. I know it's in. I know it's in there. Oh, but I have to read. I have to read it because I don't know what you're going to do. So uh, <laughs> you start, okay. and I'll just say. I'll say what's in the book. Okay. All right. I'll follow along. Go ahead. Okay. So the UBU and the, on page thirty-one. All right. Here I go. Hey, babe. I love our family. And all of the traditions we have and our accomplishments, and and quite honestly, I love who we are as a family. Still, (laughs) staying on top of and documenting all of our milestones has become a lot of work. I know how much you love our family, but honestly, babe, you don't have to do it all. Awesome. (laughs) That's great. So does that mean you're going to take some of it on? No, not exactly. I just think that you don't have to do as much of the work. And really, I'm not sure why you think there is so much work to do. Oh, okay, that's fair. And and this is I think this is like the invisible labor that um, Regina Lark's been talking about. Okay, that's fair. So right (laughs) now, I'm thinking that a couple of birthdays and holidays are coming up. And here's what I usually do in preparation. I buy cards. And I make sure I have everyone's correct address. I also make sure the holiday lights work and that we have enough wrapping paper for everything. And we have everything coming up in the next two months. And then I start making gift lists. Also, your parents' 60th wedding anniversary is coming up. And we have to talk about it if we're going to plan a party or what we're going to do and how to involve all the nieces and nephews, your sister and brothers. 
I think it would be great to have a party, but I still haven't made the album or the book or whatever we're going to do with the photos from last year's family reunion. I would hate to have another project like that hanging over my head. So which of these should I give up? Mm. Putting it that way, that's tough. I guess maybe it would be okay to not do the family reunion album, but my gosh, we had so much fun, and I know you took some great pictures. It would be a shame not to have those memories to look back on. I know. I mean, everybody loved it. So when would you suggest that I make the album? Maybe you should show one of the kids what to do. (laughs) That's one possibility, but I'm wondering if you can show the kids what to do after you look at a YouTube video on what to do with family photos. What do you think about that? Um, Okay, sure. I can do that. Great idea. Still, the other stuff sounds more immediate. Is there anything on the list that I should take over? Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you asked. It would be great if you and your siblings can start the dialogue about your parents' wedding anniversary. It's a huge milestone, and I think they would love to be celebrated. If you can take those two things and run with them, I feel good about taking on the holidays and birthdays this year. But I would love for us to have a dialogue about the first after the first of the year about how we can divide the work well in advance so we can enjoy ourselves instead of stressing out instead of stressing on not having it all done in time. Nice. 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 (laughs) Big round of applause for Dr. (laughs) Regina Clark. (laughs) That was so much fun. Again, the book is Emotional Labor, Why a Woman's Work is Never Done and What to Do About It. That dialogue is in the book, along with many other (laughs) cartoons and things to just really get into this like we've never done before is probably (laughs) civilization. Thank you. Uh, Regina, thank you so much. That's lovely. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, go to aclearpath.net to learn more about Regina and go to our website. Our, she's got several other books, including uh, Psychic Debris and Crowded Closets uh, that you may want to check out as well. What a pleasure. And oh, we have to say, speaking of moms, thank you to your mom, Carmel. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Ravello McGuire for introducing us. Okay. Uh, All the best to you and happy holidays. (laughs) Back at you. Thanks. (laughs) And with that, we have our Ask Dorothy segment. Dear Dorothy, this is Iris from Los Angeles and I need help. A very good friend of mine has been involved in a domestic dispute and he ended up in jail over the weekend. His family and close friends are asking me to give him a place to stay once he is out of jail this coming week. As much as I love my friend, I feel uncomfortable in having him stay with me and need to know if I am being a bad friend by saying yes. This is the first time he has ended up in jail, but it is not the first time he has had domestic disturbances. He has many problems, and I have helped in every possible way numerous times. Since he has substance abuse challenges, I just don't feel safe under the present circumstances. Am I a bad person by refusing to take him in? Dear Iris. I feel that you are making the correct decision by saying no in this particular instance. Since his family and friends are asking you to help him, my question is why they are looking to you to take him in this time around instead of them letting him stay with one of them. I intuit that they have all assisted him in the past, and although they love him, they've had enough of his trauma and drama. 
sometimes the most loving thing we can do is say no and set healthy boundaries for ourselves and our loved ones. In the past, I have assisted a loved one over and over and over again until I realized that my help just might not have been in his highest and best good. When one keeps bailing someone out of troubles, this can often be seen by the one needing help as permission to keep on behaving in a self-destructive way. I lovingly suggest that you ask his family and friends to gather together and do an intervention. They can do research in their community and find what resources are available to assist him. And this could be the most loving solution possible for this troubled soul. And please know, dear Iris, that you are not a bad person and that by saying no, you may be providing him the nudge he needs to make more elegant choices. Thank you, Dorothy. And if you have a question for Dorothy, please write her at AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. And we'll be right back with our musical guest, Emily Gleisner, on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition right after this. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. Life Changes Show is a premier radio show presented by the Life Changes Network, which is a company whose team has dedicated their lives not only to positive change, but to helping others observe and embrace, honor, and even celebrate their own changes, thus enabling a more positive, inspired life and helping to create a more positive and inspired world. From everyday people, celebrities, corporate giants, and children, we are here to help and to serve with heart, integrity, and experience we bring our message and positive intent into your lives through the Life Changes Show, LifeChangesNetwork.com, and through guest appearances on other inspiring shows and events. If you wish to learn more about Life Changes Life Coaching, a private consultation with one of us, corporate or live event appearances, or if you would like us to appear on your radio or TV shows, please email us at info at LifeChangesNetwork.com. We are back, and for our musical segment, we have singer, songwriter, and so much more, Emily Glazner. Emily, welcome to the Life Changes Show. Hey, how are y'all doing? (laughs) I'm doing great. I was thinking about you throughout that whole interview. Wonder why. (laughs) I was was listening to it, and... um, I was thinking, you know, uh, I was pretty fortunate. I 
the, the husband that I, my, my, my husband passed away. But um, before that, you know, he was raised by a single mom. So I did really, I was very fortunate in the sense that um, we split work pretty well, even, even though, uh, you know, uh, for part of our marriage, I stayed home. Uh, I can remember if it was just a really hard day, he'd come in when my, our middle son was born and I just hand in the baby and he was so great. (laughs) He was just, he had it, you know, and then when he did pass away, you know, I've been doing it all myself and I worked in corporate America for a while. And, uh, I, I really thought about what she said when she said some husbands say, Oh yeah, try my job. Yeah. I've tried your job. I've done it quite a bit. (laughs) You know, I was in it. And let me tell you, being mom is much harder. Like it just is. Mm. It is, it is, it, you know, being at home, doing those kind of things, COVID, I think the teachers are amazing. I have friends who are teachers and I make sure to tell them how amazing they are because I am not a teacher and I had to teach and it was very, very, very difficult. Um, that, that's where we found out that my youngest son is severely dyslexic. He has developmental dyslexia and unfortunately in the particular school he had been in and I was working from six to 5.30 to, you know, um, we didn't catch it. And the school that he's in now, they did. And it was so wonderful because I brought to their attention, you know, he's this age and he's not spelling or reading cat. And it was through mm. having to be at home. But it was really, really difficult. And I thought, I am not the only mom who sat down and looked at their kid and was like, why can't you read, mm. you know, Mm-hmm. <laughs> the cat ran down the street, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So yeah. I really understood what she was saying. Well, and and I I think uh would it be okay to let everybody know that you're a mother of three boys? I am. I am a mother of three boys. My oldest just went into the Navy last year. My middle is twelve, and uh my youngest is almost nine. And I am very blessed. I have two stepsons uh, after their father passed away. I didn't get to raise them, but uh, I, I got them for five and a half years. And that was wonderful. That wow. time. So we're still very, very close. The oldest is 24 and the youngest is 19, just like my son. Wow. So, uh, I'm, I'm a proud mom uh, of my boys. Wow. Well, uh, you know, it, it, it really hit home this morning when you and I were talking and it was early and you didn't even know who our guest was going to be and what the conversation was about. And and I was saying, uh, can you get me this and this? And then you're saying, sure, I can do it. Uh, let's see. So far, I've already done this, 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 this. <laughs> and it's only what, you know, and and it's only nine o'clock or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you had done so much. <laughs> Yeah. And it was around Christmas, too. It was around holiday this and Thanksgiving that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a movie too. I don't know yeah. how you do it. but And you sing, too. So let's get into the singing. <laughs> and then actually, and then and then the, the song you said, I'm, I'm planning on doing this one. So why don't we just jump to that? Uh, so what's that song that you totally blew me away with, with, the the choice of song again without even knowing the subject matter. Oh, a spotlight. That's a it, that's the, my latest single. is called Spotlight, and uh, I I, I um, it it is about women. It's stand up and sing, girl. That is um, I had very strong women in my life, um, Celeste, Dinah, and 
Caroline, wonderful women who, uh, when I became a widow, they didn't say, oh, you poor little widow. They were just like, okay, you know, come on and do this, Emily. And I loved it. And mm-hmm. they were just such strong women themselves. You know, they're all professional women. They're all moms. They're all, I mean, it was just, uh, it was the way things should be. Cause unfortunately we as women have a bad rep for in the workplace or other pl- places, even PTA, that kind of thing, just, you know, tearing down other women to build ourselves up. And I don't know where we learned it, but it happens and it's really awful. And so I think we could get, we can get past that. And my whole thing is to stand up and sing, you know, cause here comes the world. You're strong enough to rise where you fall. You're strong enough to hear us when we call, because we will call out to you just like you call out to us. Mm. Okay. Well, Emily Glazner is going to stand up and sing here live on the Life Changes Show online. Uh, her song Spotlight. Spotlight holds the of the world. Spotlight holds. Cases of the world stand up and sing. Stand up and sing. Cause here comes the world, my sweet girl. I thought of you today, my sweet girl. I thought of you. Stand up and sing, girl. Stand up and sing. Cause here comes the world Let's cold When the rain falls down It's warm On the stage in the sound Stand up and sing, girl Stand up and sing Cause here comes the world Through the worry and strife You carry the light And hide all the fear From the ones that you love You dance inside the fire When life comes along Only you write your You're strong enough to hear us, we will call. Stand up and sing. Stand up and sing. Cause here comes the world. You're strong enough to rise for you. Fall. You're strong enough to hear us, we will call. Stand up and sing, girl. Stand up and sing, cause here comes the world. The spotlight holds the weight of the world. The spotlight holds the gazes of the world.
Emily Glazner and Spotlight. Wow. Stand up and sing, girl. Wow. Uh, Thank you. Uh, 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 um, <laughs> uh, you're, and you're doing it. So, and, and if you uh, are looking to hear more music from Emily, uh, follow her, find her. She's got a CD coming out. We'll talk about it in a minute. But emilyglazner.com is her website. And I'm going to spell that. Emily is E-M-I-L-Y. And Glazner, G-L-A-Z-E-N-E-R. Actually, how did you say, Emily, that people can remember your last name? Uh, my husband taught it to me. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> Glazner without the D. <laughs> Uh, so she's on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and are, are you are you uh, are you moving things on Instagram? Do you do you, you post there a bit? I do post on Instagram. I, my, I the thing I'm on the most and I just love it is Twitter. And Twitter. I know some people think, oh, it's so negative. I was like, no, it doesn't have to be. You know, you have a lot of control in Twitter, and Twitter can be a really wonderful tool and a wonderful place to meet people. I've, you know, I got to go hang out and play music in, in, in England because of Twitter. I think uh, the way I look at it is Facebook is uh, um, a tool. Instagram is a tool and so is Twitter. Uh, but the way I, I say it, the best way I can say Twitter is the world. Well, then um, find her at Emily underscore Glazner uh, at Twitter on Twitter. And, and so uh, we, we have a, a thank you to, to, to a shout out to, uh, we're grateful to Matt Gary for That's introducing true. us yes. to the show, you to the mm-hmm. show. Um, and and now, on you, when is your album coming out? Because Matt album, played on should, that album, right? Yeah, yes, that yeah. that's it. Um, uh, the album is being produced as has been produced by George Klein from Germany. So I'm working this album from League City, Texas, to Germany. And I was supposed to be able to get into a studio and I wasn't able to. And I had this wonderful friend, Matt Gary, and he was like, well, I have a portable studio. I was like, really? And he really didn't. So we recorded some of the uh, almost all the songs except for Spotlight and the Christmas song uh, at, we recorded here in, in, in my bedroom where I'm sitting right now. We got such great sound. Um and he was so wonderful to record. He re- we recorded a dry vocal and a dry acoustic, and then we sent it off to Jorg, and Jorg did some amazing magic with it. And he's just such a talented producer. So awesome! Did I hear you say you have a Christmas song? I do. I have a Christmas song. I'm so proud of my Christmas song. It's called What's... "Merry Christmas, a Happy One Too." Uh, are we gonna get to hear it today? I, well, yes, I can absolutely play it. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, yeah. I love Would that it. be okay? Would it be, I mean, okay, oh, so yeah. so the CD is coming out. Um, uh, In the middle of December. The middle of December. So they can follow you on Twitter mm-hmm. when they, uh, and you'll be letting everybody know. Um, before we go on, actually, Dorothy, you said you had a um, shout out. Dorothy? Uh, Dorothy, Dorothy, did you say I have a shout you, out? You already gave the shout out, Felipe. I was trying to give Matt Gary and Sacred oh. Horse a shout out for connecting us with Emily. Oh, well, indeed. Well, now he got two, and uh, uh, and now uh, let's uh, we, we get to hear a Christmas song. I'm excited. I, I don't know why. Um, it's almost Thanksgiving, 
So what is it called again? It's called Merry Christmas, A Happy One Too. I wrote it last year on Thanksgiving Day. Ah. And I was inspired by the Make Humanity Great Again Fund. Um, uh, and I like the idea of being very inclusive with Christmas and being very worldly. So uh, I sat down and I could see this picture. I, um, there's a picture of Eddie Azard and I've got a picture of uh, the Beatles and I got a picture of Elton John all on my desk. And I looked at it and I thought, well, I know that Eddie can speak. Uh, four different languages like English, Spanish, um, French, and German, and does German, stand yeah. up in it. So I thought I could sing at least Merry Christmas in those languages. So I, I, I <laughs> nice. made it really cool, and I thought. So nice. Okay, then here is Emily Glazner. A uh, couple days before Thanksgiving uh, of 2021, and she's singing for us a song she wrote last year uh, on Thanksgiving, right? Uh, on Thanksgiving Day, yes. On Thanksgiving Day of 2020. Uh, so here it is. Uh, Merry Christmas and a happy one too, right? That's right. All right, on the Life Changes Show. Bye. No miles before me, somewhere I can hear carols sung out in the great open air. Merry Christmas, happy one too. Freuban hagen for me and you. Salvation Army bells are ringing in town square And the man with the big gray coat says Have you got any change to spare? Happy Christmas, happy one too When the hot me and you Tree starts with colors, such a beautiful hue. The street lamps with holly, ribbons and tools. Church doors are open with candles and prayers. And children with donation boxes filled with love and care. Merry Christmas, a happy one too. As you went now, well, me and you. Like covered houses, buildings, and schools, tidings of goodwill. Families reach out to those far away. And the little ones write to the big man, man, that was riding on his sleigh. Merry Christmas, happy one, too. Feliz Navidad for me and you. Merry Christmas, Buon Natale, Feliz Navidad. I'd love to hear people singing that. I'd love to sing along and learn and learn that one. 
Whenever I'll send it to you when it releases for sure. Yay! Okay. What a beautiful gift uh, you're giving out to all to uh, be able to uh, be included uh, in in so many special ways in what you do, not just that song, but in the songs you sing. All your songs have a message. Your life seems to have a message. I just was struck by your positivity uh, throughout our conversations and the email and your can-do. As a matter of fact, this CD is a... A, a can do in the sense that did, didn't you tell some people you were going to have a CD by the end of this year? And yes. And they, 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 they scoffed at it and they're like, Oh yeah, whatever, Emily. And then I was like, Oh no, I'm really going to, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I, but you know what? I'm actually more motivated. Well, absolutely. You can do that. But if yeah. you know, I, I'm motivated both ways, <laughs> but you know, to me, finding Irene, which is the name of my album, it's my journey. It was seven years ago that my, my husband passed away. And when our baby was a baby, like our last child literally was 16 months old, then uh, four was almost five, and then 12, 12, and 17. So I know I'm not the only one who's ever been in that situation. And I've made my my way through it. You know, that pain, it never, ever goes away. You learn how to live with it. But it's a part of your life. And, you know, the first year you're kind of numb. Second year you're getting out of your numb and then you're into angry. And I didn't really get sad until five years. And, you know, I've come out of sad and I'm just, you know, real positive about things. Um, I I honor him in the ways I know he would have done things with the kids. I take on the role of mom and dad with, with such pride. I mean, I like the fact that I get to be mom and dad and that I can poke <laughs> at them and tease them and they can say something like, no, no, your dad would have done it. Like, it's great. I, I love that I remember him so well and I can do things like that. I love the fact that um, my stepson got married about two weeks ago. He got married on, on the 31st on Halloween. And uh, I was able to put in his hand before he got married something that was his father's. Mm-hmm. And that was so wonderful. So he had his dad with him. And I just, you know, this is the the cards that I was dealt. This is what's going to happen in my life. I'm going to be really positive about it. You know, I'm going to carry him with me. Wow. Emily, I get the feeling that uh, that we'll be talking again on this show and and, uh, look Looking forward to what more you're going to do with that can-do and will-do attitude. Uh, thank you for sharing your story in such a, a, a an amazing, inspiring way. And it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Emily Glazner. Thank well, thanks, you. Olivia. Thank you very much. Pleasure. It was ours. And also, once again, a big thank you to Dr. Regina Clark uh, Lark. Uh, and uh, with that... That is our show. On behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our producer and co-host, Mark Leisure, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you that as your life changes and your vibrations raise like ours surely did tonight, we're here with you. Ciao, everyone. You have been listening to The Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time and visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com. 
on Facebook at The Life Changes Show and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes. The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes.